Welcome to 50 Leadership Communication Lessons in 50 Weeks. This is Stephanie Bickle, and this is Lesson 8. Welcome to the Speak by Design podcast, where we study personal style, message structure, and message strategy, so you can become a consistently compelling force. Let's dig in. This is Lesson 8, Are You Ready to Start Inspiring People? Mm. I love this topic, and I love it because you do not have to be a leader to inspire others. You could be new to the job, you could be the most junior person in the room, and you can be inspirational. So here's an example of how a junior person did this in a room with me. Uh, there is a, a group of people saying this can't be done, it's never worked, and everyone was getting really negative. And the new person to the team who happened to be the most junior person in the room, but he was fearless. And he didn't, you know, sometimes when you're new in a job, you don't know enough to be afraid of your audience. And that's exactly where he was. And he said, I think we can do this. <laughs> and it changed the whole mood of the room. We all smiled because he was so confident. And then he continued to say, I've seen this work before. It reminds me of this other experience I've had. And what if we did X, Y, and Z? And it made us all pause and open our minds to new thinking. He did not have the most experience historically in the room, but he did have experience and he was not afraid to tell the truth and share his true opinion and go against the grain. Uh, you know, he went against the most powerful people in the room by sharing that alternative viewpoint. It was so exciting. All right. So I share that to say, this is for everyone, this topic, how to inspire others. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to cover the attributes of an inspirational person, the actions of an inspirational person, and then the formula for the pep talk. And this is the Speak by Design pep talk is a formula we put out a few years ago. It's a great framework. And where it comes from is sports. We studied a number of the most motivational sports coach speeches and what they were doing to make their messages so impactful for these athletes and what they were saying that would get athletes so excited to go essentially into combat with minimal equipment and nearly kill themselves to go get the ball to a certain place. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's where that pep talk framework comes from. Well, let's take a look at attributes first. So the attributes of the people that inspire you usually have a few things in common. So even just think about somebody that you've seen in the public eye or someone you've worked with who has been incredibly inspiring to you. What, what, how would you characterize their personality? So I'm going to share what I find inspiring. I find it incredibly inspiring when a person has a strong sense of self. They know who they are. They know what they like and what they don't like. 
They know how they would handle a situation. So for example, I was at at dinner last night and we were talking about a difficult situation and one person at the table says, oh, I've had that. Here's how you handle that that scenario. And he was 100% convicted that if this were to happen to him again, he had a playbook and he convinced all of us that he was right because not only has he had it happen to him, but he was so sure that he would do it again because it was effective from his past. But that's admirable. Somebody who really knows what they think and knows what they like and knows what they don't like, not a person who waffles. Another thing I find very inspiring is when somebody has the courage to say, no, I disagree, or even the courage to say, I made a mistake. But to lead with the bad news first, yeah, that's a behavior that we we don't see as often because people feel like there's always a right answer that they need to give, not necessarily being comfortable telling the truth because we worry so much about pleasing others, saying the right thing, helping people feel good, even though uh, in leadership and especially at work, you've got to be able to escalate an issue and not be afraid of the ramifications of that because the ramifications are often worse if you don't escalate. I also find it very inspiring if a person is compassionate, if I can tell that they really care about people and they can laugh at themselves That's inspiring to me because I think, oh, this person is so confident. They don't even feel like they need to be perfect all the time. I find it inspiring when leaders and managers can speak without notes because they know their topic and they are so clear on the path that they don't need to read at all. I also find it very inspiring when somebody is clearly prepared and thoughtful somebody who has a strong attention to detail, but doesn't get lost in detail. They're able to choose their details very carefully and make sure that they don't overwhelm their audience. Okay, but now let's talk about the actions. So if those are the attributes, what does it look like when somebody has strong sense of self and has courage? Well, for one, they are comfortable leading with that bad news. They're not afraid to say, hello, everyone, we're here because we made a mistake. We did this. Or we need to start with the elephant in the room. We made a mistake. We had a misstep. We misunderstood something. We overspent. Things did not go as planned. So those types of messages at the beginning. So going painful at the opening. Because That says right there that that person has courage if they're able to even do that. Instead of feeling the temptation to have that long ramp into, well, as you all know, we've been embarking on a new program. There were lots of decisions that needed to be made. We had to make some split second decisions. Unfortunately, things didn't go as planned. Like that's a long ramp. Uh, Something that I've always admired about Jamie Dimon is Jamie would ask all of his people to come in with the problem first. He would say, I don't want to hear the good news. I want you to come in and tell me what is wrong, what you propose we should do, 
and open up for questions. So problem, solution, silence. <laughs> and that that's a great technique for escalating issues and getting, you have to have a team that really trusts one another that can handle that kind of direct communication. But the other thing that um, for actions that you're looking for is being able to give very good examples. So imagine you were giving feedback and you were trying to give, make that feedback inspirational to your direct report. And you say, you need to work on your communication, but you don't really give any examples. You want to be able to go directly into an example and say, do you remember Mary when you joined Mike in that meeting? And he said, will you back me up? And Mary, you went to that meeting and you were silent the entire meeting. That's the type of meeting where not only do you need to back up Mike, which is why he invited you to that meeting, that's your opportunity to show leadership from our team. We think you're going to be the next leader of this group, and we need to start seeing you showing up that way when you join a peer like Mike. All right, so that's, you want to give clear examples. Another action is you want to be able to give a clear path and ideally in one sentence. So uh, when you hear, uh, when you hear an inspirational leader, they know the answer, they have the plan and they're so convicted that this is the answer. We need to expand into East Asia. We need to like, we need to invest in better content. We need to embrace technology. Like those are sentences that are so clear, so concise. And a convicted leader is able to give just one of those. Maybe you would have a three point plan, but no more than three points. And three points are nice if you're giving them more as priorities, but know your clear path. Maybe it's something like we will be the market leader. We will be known for X. But that clarity of your vision, your mission, or, or your plan is going to help the audience be inspired because they're inspired by how you think, how clear everything is to you. When you go into a meeting and you can tell somebody is confused and overwhelmed, it is the opposite of inspiring. You actually want to get away from that person. You don't want to work for them or with them. <laughs> I just love what Donald Miller of StoryBrand says. He says, when you confuse, you lose. And that is so true for inspiring others. If there's confusion in your own idea, everyone can tell. They can tell because of the way you're talking. They, they can tell because the message starts changing and evolving. And what you said last week is not the same as what you're saying this week. The clarity and consistency of a message is so inspiring to people. Okay, another action to think about is the confidence of the delivery. So you are more inspiring when you can make stronger eye contact. When And I just watched a video where oh, uh, Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin are having a conversation. And you watch Putin and his eye contact is piercing. His body language is precise 
and heavy, very focused, and he's gesturing more than Tucker. And that does demonstrate power. We are, and I'm not saying that we all want to be like Vladimir Putin, but I want you to study him. He has great conviction and confidence in his communication. There's something to be learned from that. Politics aside. All right, now let's go into the pep talk because the pep talk formula, it's five parts. And let me just line them up for you. So the first is the pain. Begin with the bad news. The second piece is the action. Go straight to what the answer is, what you need them to do and make it singular and more like a theme. Something like we need to be focused or this is about perseverance or this is about strength, stamina, whatever you want. Or this is about balance or staying poised under pressure. So you give them one theme. I just listed about six. Just choose one. Then you reinforce a value that you care about. Then the emotion you want them to feel, whatever that emotion is, let's say it's excitement or peace, harmony. You want them to feel curious, convicted, maybe upset. Whatever that emotion is, not only do you need to say it and name it, you need to show it in this pep talk. And then the last thing that comes out of your mouth is I know you can do this. I believe in you. You state your support for that person or that support for the team. Or if you're talking to all staff, your support and promise to everyone that you are committed to this and you expect them to be committed in return. Okay, so with these five parts, I want to give you some examples of messages that sound this way. Okay, let's give this a go. Imagine that there has been a big reorganization and you get up there to talk to the team or all staff and you say, I know morale is down after the reorganization. You now need to do more with less and you miss your colleagues. That's a great opening because you're, you're helping them realize you see them. You know what's going on. You might even go on to add, and I know some of you have even said you're feeling burnout. By saying these words, you are demonstrating so much courage and you're beginning with the pain, which is going to make them focus and they're going to listen better to you. So that is the beauty of beginning with something that is provocative like this is it gets everybody listening. There's no ramp up into this message. You're hitting them hard with the truth of the situation, with the reality of the pain. Let's imagine that you just came off of a week where some mistakes were made and everybody is pretty frustrated with how last week went. Begin with a sentence like, hello everyone, last week was hard. We made some mistakes. I know you all put a lot of time in to the effort and we didn't get the results we were expecting. Now, after you say that, you're, you've got them. You've got their attention. You're ready that, to then start taking them out of the pain with the actions that you want them to take. This feels like the call to action, but often we put a call to action at the end of a message. We're putting it right up at the front, right next to the pain. So what does that sound like? Well, it could sound like, 
We need to do the hard work and we must be open and patient with one another as we adjust. Now this is, we need to do the hard work. That right there is the action. I am talking about the qualities and some emotions. So I'm already saying patience, which we're going to get into emotion a little bit later again, but here I'm starting to set the mood. We need to be open and patient. I love the word open. As soon as you say it, people usually relax and become more open. All right. So that could be your sentence, or maybe you say something like, we need to be strong, strong for each other and strong for our teams. Now notice the repetition of that. We need to be strong. And then you say it again, strong for each other and strong for our teams. The repetition of the action you want them to take is going to make it stick. And you might even circle back to that at the end, which gives a beautiful loop back to something you said in the beginning. All right. Now, after you've stated actions, you go into the values. Now, if you have corporate values that are really well known and established with everyone, use those values, lean on something that is in your set of values that already exists, because that just helps bring people to, that's right. These are our values. This is who we are. We can do this. And values carry people through difficulty. That's why they're so powerful. They also are incredibly unifying because if you hire based on those values, those people already have these same shared values. So when situations are chaotic, values give us clarity. When, when the opposition is daunting, values give us courage. We want to use language related to values to help meet the team's fears and help them combat those fears, those doubts, and anything that feels discouraging. So maybe you say something, let's say disciplined focus is a value. You could say, remain disciplined. There is one trait that makes the difference between good and great. And we know that trait is discipline. Discipline makes champions. We are champions. We are not average. It is this sacrifice and push through the pain that yields the growth that will pave our future because we play to win our peers in competition. They will not be able to keep up. Ooh, isn't that fun? That is so fun. So take your value and see if you can turn it into a battle cry, a battle cry that will make people rise up with a competitive spirit of let's go crush our competition. Okay, but here's another one. Let's say integrity is a company value or a team value. We are steadfast in our integrity. So when you get to the value word, notice how I'm I'm adding almost a little bit of hushed silence around it. So uh, at the end of that sentence, you would pause. So we are steadfast in our integrity. We do the right thing when no one is watching. We do it even when the media doesn't notice. We know we are leaders. We know we are, and then say your company name. I am always encouraging you all to use your company name. Remind your people who they are, who our company is, what we stand for. So let me just give you an example of what that would sound like uh, for Speak by Design coaches. I'm speaking to them and I would say, 
We are speak by design. We are client champions. We lead by example. We take initiative. We are growth oriented always at every point looking for more growth that can come from that person we're coaching, from that team that we're training. But do you see how that becomes uh, that becomes a mission for the people you speak to? When you speak about the values that you hold and what Speak by Design means or what your company stands for, I know that at Campbell's, they have five values and they all start with the letter C and I can't remember what they are but uh, because I've only seen them once. But they, it, it hit me really hard that they were on signs and people could rattle them off and talk about them. That's what you want. You want to be able to lean on those values when people need inspiration because they work. It's so darn effective as a tool. All right, but the next step is giving emotion. And then you you restate your belief in them. So on the emotion piece, because remember I said you have to convey it and you have to label it or say it. So here's how you could use emotion in a sentence. You could say the reward for all this effort is going to be great. I am so excited for all of you, for all of us. In that example, excited was the emotion that I was showing on my face, conveying through my vocal tone, my body language, and that would be the emotion I would want to be contagious. Let's look at another example of emotional language, and I want you to just listen and see what emotions stand out to you, all right? So let's say it begins like this. Your loyalty and compassion for one another is commendable. I am so proud of how you all are leading your teams and how you're going to lead us as we execute this new plan. Now, some of you might have pulled out the loyalty feeling or compassion, or did you notice how I hit the word proud? I am so proud. So the reason I think proud might stand out more is because I used I, I am so proud. It's very easy to hide behind we, and it's not always hiding. Often you're unifying the the room by saying we, but when the leader says I, or the individual says I, it doesn't have to be the leader in the room, I am so proud, it stands out a mile, and it's incredibly personal. And as long as it's a positive feeling, like if I said, I am so scared at the end of this message, now I'm leaving people to feel like there's chaos and maybe even make them feel a little manic. And we don't want our audience to feel manic. So instead, you always want this emotion to be positive emotion. Positive emotion can fuel great action. And it's more enduring than motivating people with negative emotion. That can get a short-term result for you, but it's not a long-term result. Let's suppose, though, that you want to create more trust with an audience. And trust is one of those funny words that as soon as you tell people, trust me, let's all trust each other, people sometimes become less trusting. So we're not going to push this at them. Instead, we're going to reveal to them that we are trusting one another so well. So I'm going to compliment the group for trusting one another so well. So here's how that might sound. I feel 
a surge in openness with this group. We have learned this week that there are many sides to this situation, more than we expected, and we have done a great job of trusting one another in this process to help each other get through it. Thank you. Okay, but by complimenting the group on trusting one another so well, I am helping establish that trust is a norm in this group, even if historically it has not been. But I'm not saying you have to trust each other. That always backfires. Now we're ready for the very last thing you say. The first thing you say and the last thing you say are so important to any message. It's important real estate in the messaging. And the last thing you say needs to be a personal commitment that you are making, a personal promise, or a restatement that you believe in them. So if this is a one-on-one pep talk where you're inspiring one person, you could end with, I know you can do this. Or I know you're going to be successful in this. Or I see you being a leader in our organization. I know this is possible for you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Okay, so that's that kind of one-on-one type belief statement. But if you've got a big group, you could say, I know we can do this. Or you could say, we are going to do this. I have no doubt. But that I know we can do this and I have no doubt, it's okay to have the I statement in there because it's so darn personal and it makes them feel like they're having a one-on-one conversation, even though you might be doing this in a town hall. All right, so this pep talk, it is an art. It is an art form. And I encourage you to, to just take a go of crafting it and structuring it. You would never want to read this to anyone. It has to come straight from the heart. And I want you to think like a coach, like an athletic sports coach who's in a pivotal moment in a game and you want to turn the tide. You want to help acknowledge the pain and pull people out of the pain and create the emotion, lean on the values and show your belief in them. And it's just a beautiful form. And that, my friends, is how you inspire others. So it is one, developing those qualities that have inspired you from leaders you have worked for and people you've seen in the public eye. It is taking action, making sure that you are walking your talk, and then perfecting this pep talk. Because you use pep talks all the time. You use pep talks when you're encouraging that direct report to be better, when you're encouraging your leader to stay the path, when you're speaking to all staff in a town hall, when you are getting a vendor excited about a new project that maybe they're not as excited about. But whenever something goes off the rails or there is a setback, this is an opportunity to practice your inspirational leadership. And that is a type of communication. So I encourage all of you, look for your next opportunity. Where can you be the one? When can you be the one that inspires everybody in that room? And it might just be in your next meeting. Have a great day, everyone. Bye for now. 
If you liked this topic and want to bring it to your organization, email us at team at speakbydesign.com or go to speakbydesign.com and schedule a call. Now, if you want this for you, join our monthly coaching program at speakbydesign.com forward slash join. And you can begin your coaching program with us at the first of the month. We hope to see you there.